You're listening to Women in Wealth WordPress, a podcast dedicated to the pursuit of female empowerment and financial freedom through the wonderful world of web design. Hi, Harry. Hi, Nikki. How are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. Just settling in for the day and yeah. getting ready to get started. I'm really excited for this. So, yeah. Same. I've had some really good chats lately and I feel really blessed to do this. It's also nice that it's at nine o'clock because it forces me to be at my desk at a reasonable hour. I'm such a slow poke in the morning. So, yeah. Totally the opposite. Us. Oh, really? Opposite. Yeah. So, Interesting. The days that my child's at daycare, long daycare, I'm at my desk yeah. at seven. Oh my so, gosh. But I prefer to finish at like lunchtime. So I will work yeah. through to lunch and have my lunch yeah. and then I can cruise in the afternoon. I can watch a bit of Netflix or head outside or oh. do what I want. So yeah, that's, that's, that I'm the really most, nice. I'm the most productive at that time. Oh, I love that. Okay. For anyone who hasn't met you before or seen you before, can you give me a bit of an overview of who you are and what you do? Wow. Okay. A loaded question because I do lots yeah. of things. But I think what my focus on 100% this year is WP Mavens. So I run WP Mavens with my co-founder, Emma Kate, and it's an online membership for women in web, specifically WordPress, but we actually have women who use other CMS. So just training, building that community, supporting all that fun stuff. I am a web designer, self-taught. I have my own online business where I do that. And obviously this year it's taken a bit of a backseat, but I still dabble as much as I can. In that business, I specialize in working with online course creators and memberships. They're helping other, a lot of the time women, mostly women, build recurring revenue around a membership, whereas previously they might have been a bit of a one-trick pony and selling like a course or something like that. So mm. that's where my expertise lies in the web world. And at some point I was like, no, no, I have to put my expertise and build something like that for myself. So yeah, WP Mavens. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, I love that. Like practice what you preach. And I totally yeah. agree that recurring income is where it's at because and it can be a bit of a feast or famine cycle. Like I find mm-hmm. I just don't get bookings in January and first year that really stressed me out. And now I'm like, I lean into that. I'm like, I take injuries off if it, but if you can have some recurring income coming in, for that January and mm. you don't have to stress about paying your mortgage and all of those things. That's the ideal. So that's amazing. And you also have a WooCommerce e-course as well, don't you? That you, yeah. 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 So amazing. I have an online course teaching web designers how to utilize WooCommerce to grow their business, specifically by attracting larger projects with bigger budget. So yep. yeah. Yeah. I always say that too. I find I have a few different packages and I have a landing page that starts at $3,000 and then I have an e-com that starts at $9,000. The amount of headspace is the same for both projects. Why wouldn't you do the $9,000 project? It takes a little bit longer, but it's the client management that adds to the mental load, I think. So, yeah. I think the second you mention e-commerce or WooCommerce, people get a little bit intimidated and... Mm -hmm. One thing I really wanted to do as part of my course is just take that intimidation away because it's just a plugin. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing like, it's not scary or hard. So yeah, just making it as simple as possible and giving them really simple steps to follow. So yeah, that's been my goal and that's been the feedback, which has been awesome. So awesome. Yeah. That's so good. You mentioned that WP Mavens is good focus this year and 
I'm so all about that. I feel like in this industry, it's really easy to work from home in your little office, never talk to anyone and do your own thing and make your own mistakes and fix your own mistakes and all of that. But what I have found time and time again in my business and my life is that the more I surround myself with people, in some instances can drain me and I need to recover for the afternoon. But at the same time, it fills my cup so much. We can't just be at home in isolation. So do you have any personal experiences that led you to start WP Mavens and how did that come about? Yeah, I guess it was a bit of a slow burn for me. I'm a pretty social person, but like you, it, it can be quite draining. So I'm very aware and it's something that I do talk to my friends about and my business partner about, but it's a muscle that you've got to flex that socializing. And we are attracted to this kind of business and working from home because we are introverts and it is our comfort zone. So it's very easy just to plot along in that zone. When you get comfortable in there, it does get hard isolating. It makes it harder to make friends. It makes it more uncomfortable when you do go out in social situations. So for me, I find it really important to flex that muscle and I flex it a lot in my personal life. In regards to the isolation, it hit me. I've always been really good at staying social. And it's something I'm very proud of and I love doing, but it hit me. So I had my son nearly five years ago and during his maternity leave, I was a social butterfly. I hung out with all my stay-at-home mum friends. I was always at someone's house or going to swimming or doing playgroup. And it was amazing. And I loved it. At about six months, we put him in at daycare. And I'd not lost work friends, but I hadn't kept in touch with them very much. I hadn't cultivated that network for more than six months. I came back to work and I was lost. It was the hardest part of having a child was coming back to work. It wasn't because I was leaving my child. It was because I was alone. I was at home and I really struggled. Those friends that I had really cultivated during that six months, they struggled because I wasn't as available because I had to do my work. I struggled because when I was available, they weren't because they were doing the family thing in the evening and on the weekends. For me, that was probably the hardest point in my career. And it it feels so opposite. The normal experience is you really struggle at home when you have your baby, you go back to work and you find yourself again. And I was just the complete opposite. So I had to work. I joined a couple of groups myself that weren't really aligned with what I did. They were a little bit more generic. We've all heard of like-minded bitches drinking wine. Mm, So I was quite (laughs) active in that group, but I, I never felt like my space or my place or my safety zone or my people. I think it was a bit of a slow burn that all those realizations coming to me, Emma and I started talking about WP Mavens. And to be honest, when we started talking about WP Mavens, we weren't really talking about community. We were talking about a place where there was resources and trainings and maybe co-working, but we never even really touched on community so much. We did call it a safe space, being that it was for women only, but it was really once it kicked off and we started with the women that that community just like, it grew into something that we weren't expecting. So yeah, it was a bit of a unexpected side effect. I think people join a membership or a group for the tangible things like your resources and trainings and all these things that people promise you, but they stay for the community. Yeah, definitely found that. Yeah. Community, if you are looking at building a membership or anything like that, cultivating that community is where you'll have a really low churn rate. And that's, yeah, something that 
we work on consistently mm. and we have met monthly meetings on, all right, how can we make this community better? Or how can we reach out to these people who haven't seen in a couple of months or spoken to? Yeah. Yeah. That's really valuable. And I think how you mentioned your mum friends and, they, and your work friends, it's quite funny because they don't always cross over. And mm-hmm. quite often you make mum friends and they don't have their own business or they have their own business, but it's in a different industry. So it's really critical, I think, to have people in the same field, especially that are sharing wins and you can see other people succeeding and sharing tips and being able to ask questions and not feeling like someone's going to judge you or be like, oh, what are you doing being a web developer if you don't even know the answer to that question? Mm-hmm. It's so critical. We're all learning. Michael kicked off this week and the first thing I said to them was, guys, I consider myself an expert in this field, but I don't know everything and I'm constantly improving and I'm constantly changing things. And even I recorded this course six weeks ago and there's things that need to be changed already. There's no end point and there's no one who, who knows it all and who's doing everything right and correctly. But there's always more to learn. Yeah, I just think with the community, there's not really an endpoint where that doesn't feel right for you anymore. You're always going to be needing friendship and support. And yeah, in this very male-dominated industry as well, I think that uh, I just love female friendships. I don't know how like men don't get along with the same thing. It feels like their relationships are very different. But yeah, I really feel very grateful to be in this field and have experienced the same thing. How do you think this kind of isolation and this lack of community can affect women's career progression and web development? I can speak from my experience. I think I'm very lucky that I am where I am today because that experience that I actually had very quickly, I was looking for jobs and I wasn't looking for jobs because I was bored of what I was doing. I wasn't looking for jobs because my business was unsuccessful. I was looking for jobs because I was lonely. And I was isolated at home and I was really struggling. And for those that know me and that have known me for the last decade, I have always said, I will never have another job again. I am the kind of person where I like to run my own ship. In the jobs that I've had in the past, I've always built my way up as far as I can, gotten bored and left. That's been my thing. And I can't count how many jobs I've had since I left school. It's just crazy. But I've been doing what I'm doing now for 10 years. So... For me to say and for me to actually do a resume and send that out, that is huge. And I can't imagine how many people have walked away from their businesses or walked away from their careers from the isolation and the loneliness. So I think that's probably the worst case scenario. It's just lucky I didn't get a job. I think I applied for two or three, but I was unsuccessful because I had no experience in the corporate world in this field. I'm self-taught and I started my business from scratch. So the jobs that were paying what I would expect to be paid wanted people that had been working in corporate design or user experience for X amount of years and had uni degrees. I'm self-taught. I don't make it through maybe to an interview round, but I'm not what they're looking for. So I'm very grateful for that, I think. But yeah, I can't imagine how many, and, and we've seen it. Like we've had a couple of members actually, even though they're in a community and we're trying to help them with all of that, they are they're leaving the community because I've had to go and get a job. And maybe that this year, it's more about the economy than the loneliness. I think that is something that is more likely to happen to women than to men. And again, I think it's the importance we place on our friendships and relationships and that support. A lot of us don't feel 100% supported at home all the time. That's a whole different conversation. So to have that in our businesses as well, it's, I don't know, it's hard. I think it's very easy just to leave what we do and yeah, and think that a job is easier, but 
Yeah. yeah. And it, I have a friend who was like, maybe I should just apply for a job. And I'm like, mate, you will chase it. You need to be there at a specific time. You need to stay to a specific time. You need to take your lunch breaks at a specific time. You have to be at your desk, even if you're not in flow, even if you're not having a good day. And I remember those days when I was in corporate where I would just be sitting there clicking to LinkedIn, clicking to my email, clicking to Medium, just doing all of this shit to full time. That is such a waste of time. Now, if I'm having one of those days, I can say, I can just go and sit on the couch and watch Netflix. And I'm learning to, because I was on that corporate treadmill for a few years, it really took me a long time to realize that's okay because it helps me to come back stronger. So I'm leaning into, yeah, letting myself follow my bliss a little bit and work when I'm on and all of those types of things. So I can really see that. And on that point, the thing about this field is that when you go and when you establish your business and when you raise your prices and you know what you're doing and you back yourself and you're confident in what you're offering, you can make really uncapped income. Like you can make more than you were making at a job, working way less. I always just say to people, just keep going, just keep going. One day you'll look back and you'll be like, oh my gosh, look how far I've come. So yeah, I think that's really important. Can you share some success stories from your community that might inspire other women who are listening? Yes. When you sent me this question, I reached out into our Facebook group and I thought, I'm doing this podcast. Give me what has Mavens brought you? And honestly, there's many people that I could turn around and say, this training earned them this much money and this person did this. But the overwhelming feedback from that post was, I have a safe space where I can ask questions. I can share my wins. Honestly, the biggest win is we have met people we may not have already met and we implemented an accountability partner system people put their hands up for it but it's all to the side because everyone naturally gravitated to these small groups that they would jump onto co-working sessions with and we have open co-working sessions so they can just click in anytime they post in the facebook group, hey i want to get some work done and if anyone wants to join me that's available to them 24 7 yeah but also just being like i'm having this problem is anyone able to just jump on and have a quick chat or can anyone help me? Or I need to outsource this. Or I want to partner with someone on this project. And to not have the ability to do that in a place where you've got supportive, encouraging community, I think it really surprised me. These were the answers that I was getting in this yeah. I'm like, no, tell me about how much happened here and how this happened and this project you got. Yes. But so, that's the byproduct of it. Those things naturally happen when the things that you mentioned happen. Co-working. I, I do co-working in my course and I, I do find I'm really productive in those sessions. So there's whole studies around it. It's called body doubling. I have ADHD, so it's a really good tool for people with neurodiversity and stuff as well. It's proven that if you sit with someone, you get more done. So I love that idea. Yeah, when you have all of those things, everything else naturally follows. You build your yeah. confidence. You know what you're doing. You're filling skills gaps. You're bouncing off people and the energy's there. And yeah, that's so awesome. There's also no gatekeeping. We're openly talking about how much we charge, what we yeah. spend on things, what our income looks like. And again, I think you're very open on this, but talking about money, there's nothing wrong with talking about money. We've created a space again where you can talk about it, feel comfortable about it. It encourages those people that are maybe sitting on the sidelines, not engaging in those conversations, that maybe that they can charge a little bit more and it's okay to charge more. I'm an advocate that yeah, 100% you should charge more. The more you charge, the more effort you can put in. If you're <laughs> yeah. charging too little, you lose interest in that project and that project fails. That's in no one's best interest. It's not in yours, it's not in the client's, and it's not in their client's. I think 
here's a win. We've got someone starting out in web design in the group. She's brand new. She's building her business now. She's sending an email this week to her previous clients in her other field because I'm like, you've got a network. Ask them yeah. and tell them. If they don't know what you're doing, they don't know. So she's sending this email out saying, I do now do X, Y, Z. If you've got anyone, here's my interest. And she was going to charge a very small amount. I'm like, no, the tech, we can work out. There's a hundred of us in this yeah. group. We can help you with the tech. There's no question about that. I said, what you bring to the table is what you've been doing for the last decade, the business you built there. Yes. They know you, they trust you. I said, I guarantee you're going to get multiple projects from this email. It's just, you need to charge what you're worth. How much do you charge in that other business, which is a coaching business? So she's obviously charging a fair bit. I'm like, do you not think that you're doing more work building a website than you are taking on a coaching project where you're just talking? No, charge more. And yeah. she's that on. And I have no doubt that she's going to walk away with two or three projects in that first week yeah. after she sends that email. Amazing. That's a huge win because straight away she might make $3,000 more than she would have made. And you're so right. I think when you don't charge enough, you get resentful. You don't really do a good job. You don't go above and beyond and then they don't refer you on and then you don't want to add it to your portfolio and all of those things. Mm. That has such a ripple effect. And I think the biggest mindset shift is realizing, like you say, the work involved. But if you do a good job, it's good for their business and it's good for their clients. So it's so much more value than here's this thing on the internet, this website. It's so much more than that. And yeah, coming back to that value is a really key part of learning to charge your worth, I think. So and honestly, yeah. I think before, and just talking about the money stuff, before I steered my business into the direction of memberships and course creators, the majority of the work I was picking up was rebuilds from yep. clients who I had quoted previously. They went with the cheapest option. And yep. within six to 12 months, that website was not doing what it needed to do. It wasn't giving them the value. So they had wasted that money. Honestly, that was a lot of my work was going back and fixing Mistakes, I told them yeah. the lesson, I educated them, they still went with the cheapest option, they came crawling back. So yeah, yeah, I think it's really good to educate your clients at the same time, why yeah. you charge so much and what value that brings to them so that they can go and learn the mistakes and doing it in a professional and respectful way, obviously, because they will come back. Once they've mm. gone and physically learned the, the lesson, even though you've told them, they come back. I totally agree. Also, I've had a few recently who have main agencies. The most recent one I can think of, they paid $20,000 for a website and it is not fit for purpose. You've mentioned before, I guess you've had this idea going into WP Mavens and it evolved into something that you weren't expecting. And you also mentioned how you try and think about how can we make this community better and you're constantly improving that side. So what are some of the things like the elements that you currently do? that you may have in the pipeline that you can implement to help build a supportive, inclusive community? Oh, okay. So this question I was stumped on when you sent to me, it's something that we literally had a meeting about recently. When we sold Mavens, it, we sold it around the Black Friday sales last year and we weren't starting it until January. Massive fan of selling something before you actually build it. A massive tip that if I can give anyone, just sell it. Prove your concept which is what we did. And then obviously I had to build the tech and that's all great. And then it turned into this community, which is amazing. So one thing we're constantly reminding ourselves on, because it's really easy to fall into metrics, like, oh, I got X amount of members or we made X amount of money this month, or we've got to do this, we've got to churn out trainings because we've got to be seen as giving value. 
But one thing that we keep trying to remind ourselves of, and we pick it at each other as well, being that there's two of us, is how are we going to serve? How are we going to help? How are we going to support? That is our biggest motivation in doing it is how do we serve our members? How do we serve our community outside of our members as well? Because we've both got a large community that we talk to consistently, we'll try to talk to consistently. So how do we serve them? And one of the conversations that we had in our last impromptu meeting at breakfast last on the weekend was the inclusivity. We have a member in our group, Danby Shin. She is a web design mentor and coach as well. She has a course called Globally Inclusive Websites. I've purchased it and it's on my list to do it. When we sold WP Mavens initially, we had a stretch goal of 50 members. And I remember having this conversation with Emma. I said, I would be stoked if we had 50 members. That would be insane. Yeah. And Emma's like, no way. We're going to have like 20. Are you crazy? <laughs> Turns out we've got over 100 in the first launch. We didn't expect that. And the majority of our members are from the US and Europe. I think around 25%, 25 to 30% are Australian. Which wow. is nuts because we're Australian. Yeah. That's our time zone. And as part of that, we've got a lot more diverse members than we would have had if we were in Australia, which is great. But now knowing that, we want to learn how we can speak to them, attract them in an inclusive way. So we've had conversations with Danby. We will be having more doing her training and trying to implement that. We have some incredible women that I never would have met otherwise if it wasn't for Mavis. Yeah. So it's really exciting. It's something that we're very aware of and we're trying to work on. But I think just the fact that we built this membership as a safe place for women in web, we've naturally yep. attracted it as a safe place for all women in web. So yeah, whilst we acknowledge that we have a lot to learn and a lot to implement, it's yeah, something we're proud of that happened naturally. I think, I think, but like we were talking about before, there's never an end point with everything. There's always more you can do. So I think being aware of it and taking those first steps is amazing. I guess <laughs> I always tried to live my life. Everyone is, what's the word? This is a really hard topic to talk about, but everyone is worthy and everyone is not equal because it's not how the world works, right? Yeah. That's what we're trying to move towards. But in my mind, I treat everyone as though, how I would like to be treated and yeah. Um, doesn't matter to me what they look like, who they are, where they live. So I think that's just something both Emma and I have always just naturally done. And I'm hoping that once we go through and do Danby's training and work with her, that becomes a little bit more consistent. And I think it's really important to move away. I think in Australia, we kind of lean into ignorance and I think education is key. So yeah, I haven't done Danby's course. So I highly recommend it. Yeah, I'll go check it out. I hadn't heard of it, but accessibility is a big thing I've been looking mm. at in my business. And yeah, I always try and do subtitle all of my videos and all of these types of things. So there's things that I do. And then I always, personally, when I talk about money, I always like to start off with saying I'm an educated white woman straight away. Mm -hmm. I have so much privilege in my life. I think it's really key to highlight that as well but then I also say one thing that I've just recently found out that I'm autistic so I'm reading into it I don't even know how to talk about it this is one thing that I think holds a lot of people back will you do it wrong or will you do the thing wrong so you just don't show up but then at the same time you just you have to educate yourself and take those steps and mm -hmm. show up and be afraid to fail and but take it on I actually had an example of this yesterday in one of my calls the Women Wealth WordPress group calls I use a 
platform called Butter and it's a Zoom alternative. It's a lot more fun, but it actually generates this whole transcript and summary and all of these things. And one of the women that came on who's a nutritionist, it actually summarized her as a weight loss dietitian. And she was, I'm not a weight loss dietitian. So language is important and being aware is important. That isn't even something I would have thought to look for. Mm. But she shared it and I was like, oh, thanks for telling me. I'm going to go see if I can change it and let the company know. Yeah, just constantly be taking those small steps forward to be open to feedback and all of those types of things, I think is really key. I really resonate with your story of being self-taught and also I would love to talk a little bit about that and how you were working and how you've made that leap from side hustler to being your primary business and communicating that with your family and all of that type of stuff. Was there a moment when you realized that you wanted it to be your full-time thing and you wanted to move into that space? It was a weird transition and I've spoken about this before. My background was working in sales and marketing for telco and finance industries. So my last job before I took the leap was for the Commonwealth Bank. I was always selling products for large corporations and marketing those products and making them tons of money. Sometimes it felt icky. It didn't feel good. It didn't feel like I was helping people. It didn't feel like I was making any sort of a difference. It didn't feel authentic to me. And during the decade that I had worked on that, obviously Emma Kate, who is my in real life best friend, she was visiting me. My husband and I were living in Townsville. He was in the Air Force. She came up to visit and she was working from building a website, doing her thing at my dining table. And I was hanging over her shoulder and she's and just talking about what she was doing and saying, oh, why don't you try this? Or why don't you do that? And she's looked at me. She's like, you need to be doing this. Like, why aren't you doing something like this? And I'm like, oh, and I just brushed it off. And something about it stuck with me for a while because I think it was about six months later, I applied for my Bachelor of Graphic Design and I started that and I started doing it by distance. And it was great because I was traveling around with my husband in the Air Force, just working for different banks at the time. And... It got to a point in the degree where I was like, I'm wasting my time here. Like, why am I learning how to do a professional writing course? Or why am I learning how to do this? Or why am I learning how to build a website like this? Because I had insight that no one builds websites like this anymore, but that's what they teach in uni. So I quit it. And by that time, I said to my husband, he was trying to get out. So I'm like, I'm moving home before you. I moved home and I actually lived with Emma for six months. And she just started giving me work. So... I was working casually at the bank still while I was doing a bit of work for her. Husband made it home and I said to him, you know what? I've supported you for the last five years. It's my turn. And I didn't side hustle. I quit my job. We bought another business in a different industry. So we actually bought like a uniform and workwear because I could literally just sit on the counter and do my other business while I'm waiting for customers and dealing with that. So we invested in that while I built my other business. And then once I'd gotten my studio to a point where it could financially support what I needed it to support, I quit. Oh, I sold it. So it was, I cheated a little bit. (laughs) Like I invested in something that already had an income, but wasn't hard so that I could spend the time building. So instead of having a job and then doing late nights and stuff, I was doing it while I was at my job, but I had the ability to do that. So it's a little bit of a different journey, long-winded, but I got there in the end and I actually sold that business when my son was about six weeks old. It was up for sale before he was born while I was pregnant, but it took us a little bit longer and I just had to have someone work for me during that period, which was fine. 
I think the traditional thing is to do have it as a side hustle while you have another job and then you quit when you earn enough to support what yeah. you need it to support. But if you can, jump in. If you have the ability to live with your parents, jump in. If you have the ability, a husband or a family member that can support the family household whilst you're doing that, jump in because you're going to build that business faster and be able to give it more effort if you can. Obviously, I agree with that. Respons- responsibly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did the jump in thing, but it wasn't, I was forced into it because of the way my work happened and all of these types of things. But I do completely agree that when you have no other option, you just make it work. And mm-hmm. it's really funny because I, you grow up and you get a job and you make money and blah, blah, blah. And that's stable and all of these things, but it's not. And that was my experience. It's not stable. Mm. The stable thing is when you learn how to make money for yourself, there's no, there's nothing stopping you. When you learn that your skills are worth something and you build skills that are worth something, like there is so much work in this industry. It's absolutely insane. I'm constantly blown away. Well, that's what blew me away when I was looking for a job during that period of my life where I was struggling working from home was... I know because I've competed against agency. I know what they charge for a website and I know what they charge for SEO and I know all these things. So when I'm applying for a job with an agency that's offering me $31 an hour, it blows my, I'm like, why would I do that? Like why? They're renting you out to someone at two, $300 an hour, if not more. Yeah. And pocketing the difference. And I understand businesses are there to make money. My business is there to make money a hundred percent. but if you can do it for yourself, if you can bridge a gap in the market where you can give your clients something a little bit more affordable than an agency project, you can give them a more personalized and trustworthy experience where you can build those connections closer because you, you don't have 10 to 20, 50 people on a team. It's a win-win for everyone. Yeah. And quite often, like I said, I had that client with the $20,000 project. It was so substandard, no SEO, no meta descriptions, title tags, not even the most basic things we're missing. And I'm like, how do you get the confidence to charge $20,000 for this and think that's okay? It's so immoral. So yeah, I can't even remember how I started talking on that. That's a bit of a tangent, man. But <laughs> that's the best thing about these podcasts. Yeah. Client come to me. And that was the best thing about that business is having a work own uniform business is those people that are coming in to buy uniforms and workwear, they need websites too. So that's how I started. Yeah. And this client came in, they're like, oh, you do websites, hey? And I'm like, yeah, of course I do. It's literally on the building. But they came to me and they had one of those big companies that churn out websites. And then you go to the footer and it's still got all the locations and you're like, this is dodgy SEO. So bad. But they were charging them nearly $5,000 a month for that. I was like, this is not okay. I'll charge yeah. you one month and then maybe like hundredth of that or one fiftieth of that monthly to keep it running and they're like what yeah I said if you want SEO it's a little bit more but that's okay it's not five thousand dollars a month I can tell you that right now and they're like okay done bye that was my first insight into kind of the dodginess that there is in the industry too and if you do good work and you do it with good intentions you'll have great clients yes yeah and you'll make really good money amazing you mentioned that your husband was really supportive and yeah, helped you make your way. Did you have any family or friends that made the transition hard or that thing of when you tell someone something or you share something and you're like, oh, what will that person think? Did you have anything like that as you were starting out or? Not a lot of my family understand what I do. 
Not yes. my, my husband. He knows what I do. We talk about it, but he doesn't understand it. He's made jokes about WP Mavens being a multi-level marketing company. I'm like, dude, he don't even understand. Just because you work in a massive corporate project management company, you have people around you and it's like being a t- part of a union. It's a place you can go for advice. It's a place you can do these things. That's what it is. He's like, but why? And I'm like, I don't think you understand. They just don't get it. So whilst he knows what I do and he is supportive and he is interested, he doesn't get it. And that's a common theme with a lot of my family. My mum stopped sending me website referrals because she would send me referrals for someone who had a $200 budget. I'm like, mum, I can't help them. This is not okay. I don't need the referrals. It's fine. I don't do branding. I don't do logos. But because I do web design, people send me, oh, this person on Facebook needs a logo. I don't, mum, this isn't what I do. Please. My brothers couldn't explain what I do. Oh, she does something to do with websites. That's the gist of it. Yeah. I think they've stopped asking because, again, it's progressed, especially over the last five years, it's changed what I do. I still build websites, but I don't do it as often. I'm helping more web designers build their businesses now. And for people that have a Monday to Friday, nine to five regular job where they show up and they've got a very clear job description or they have to be there from A to B, whereas I can be like, no, I'm going to go to the beach or... I'm going to go watch my child do his performance at daycare or I'm going to go and run errands this afternoon. Yeah. They don't place the same importance on what I do to what they do. Yeah. Isn't that funny? I know that as well. Even with my husband, he says, I do most of the drop-offs and pickups and he's like, but because you can, because you work for yourself. And I'm like, yeah, but that means that I have less time to work, which means that I might have to work a night or I might have to work a weekend because sometimes he gets annoyed at me if I do that. And he's but. Then you work on the weekend and I'm like, yeah, because I had to do drop off and pick up. We're so at odds with this. It's quite a funny thing. But what I've realized this year actually is that I started my business so I could do those things. Like today I'm finishing early with my son to go watch Ninja Turtles and we booked the bed and popcorn and I'm so excited and he's so excited. But yeah, I was in this kind of hustle mentality of I have to do this and I have to do these things and I have to by this point. And then this year I just took a step back and I was but why what's the rush life happens every day not when you get to a certain point so I've unwound that a little bit and yeah yeah I'm actually really grateful for that so I always knew that this year was going to be a big year it was the first time my son's been in preschool and daycare so he's at school essentially five days a week a couple of those days are short days which is fine but I knew that this year was going to be a big year so I have worked more this year than I have in the last I guess five years because he's been part-time. But this school holidays, I haven't added days to daycare, which is what I've always done. We've got this school holidays and Christmas holidays before he's at school. So he's only at daycare two days a week. Those three days a week, we're going to go out and we're going to have fun. And I'm really excited that I have the ability to do that. That's why we need to build a business that has recurring revenue and that is sustainable and all of these things so that we have the ability to do these things. Because what's the point? Like if we're just going to work ourselves to death. And back on, speaking about my son at daycare, one thing that I really struggled with, and I I feel like a lot of people will relate, is I feel like, and I can say this because none of my family will listen to this, that my child and the village that we assumed we would have doesn't exist so much. Or it might be something that I've placed on myself where I feel guilty asking for help, but I don't see the same 
with my brother or my sister-in-law, they're constantly handing over their children to our parents. And I'm like, but why can't I have the same help? And A, I tend to feel guilty for asking because they spend so much time with the other kids, but also B, sometimes when I've asked, it's been turned down. So my child's been sent home sick from daycare and I've had meetings. I'm like, can someone please help? Can you guys look after him? Oh no, I've got this child today because they're sick. I'm like, but their parent gets sick leave. They can take personal leave. And the the importance of what I do isn't, it's not valued. It's not as high on them. Yeah. And I'm like, if I don't work, I don't get paid. Simple as that. So I think that's just something that I've really worked on over the last few years is trying to communicate that a little bit better. But also I've done the hard yards to build my business so where those things don't affect me anymore. The conversations with my husband have helped because if my son is sick, he tends to take him. Yeah, that's great. He has personal He gets sick leave. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I do find, and it's actually funny, a job, when you go on holiday or whatever, everything just stops and you come back and it's at the same place. You just pick up where you left off. Mm. My husband, like we probably do 50-50 on the sick days, but rather he take it because he's going to get paid for it. He's going to have a day off. It's just a better thing. But on the village thing, yesterday on my Women Wealth call, I was talking through money mindset and I was like, one of the things that people say is money can't buy you happiness, but it can buy you daycare. It can buy you babysitters. It can buy you a cleaner. It can buy you comfortable clothes that you always feel good in. It can buy you nice things in your house that make you feel good. Like I just brought a bottle of Chloe perfume and I was like, I'm going to use this every day because when I get a whiff of it, it makes me feel happy. Mm-hmm. So you can't buy happiness off a shelf, but you can buy things that help almost substitute in some ways for that village, like the cleaner so you don't have to mm-hmm. do everything, get your groceries delivered so that you don't have to go to the supermarket. All of these things, money allows you to have ease in your life. I'm really proud that I get to lie in my village because my family's not here either. My mm. family are in New Zealand. And so I definitely, yeah, have a bit of a gap there as well. My mother-in-law is amazing, but it's just the one and all of those types of things. So yeah, we are in a very fortunate position and sometimes just need to disregard the conceptions that other people have yeah. for us because who cares? Who cares what they yeah. think? Who cares yeah. when we get to do this? This is the dream job. It's creative. It's fun. It's high income. It's flexible. There's recurring income with hosting and things like that. There's no other industry that you get to do this. And especially without a degree, I have a client who's a physio and I I think I charge more money than him. How long did he have to study to be a physio? Sometimes I have these realizations and I'm like, I'm so blessed to be in this field. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And I think the opportunities for us to do different things as well And that's exploding more and more. Like people are worried about this whole AI generation, but the ability for us to do things like create a course or membership or coaching or looking at things like specializing in integration for clients and automation and all of those sorts of things, it's untapped. And yeah, yeah, I think you start exploring these things and your income will skyrocket. Yeah, yeah. So much potential. Crazy. Okay, so that is actually a good segue. I did have a question for you about keeping up with new trends and technologies and WordPress. How have you been playing with AI or what have you been doing? And yeah, have you had any interesting finds lately or anything like that? I am a anti-shiny tool syndrome, you know? Yeah, yeah, okay. 
it's rife in our industry and I'm so yeah, angry. It is. Yeah. I very rarely look at AppSumo or buy something from AppSumo unless it's something I found that I specifically need. I'll check AppSumo before I go anywhere else and sign up for something. For sure, 100%. We have so many mavens. They're like, oh, my God, I found this new tool. It's so cool. I just bought it. I'm like, are you using it? They're like, oh, no, not yet. Well, why'd you <laughs> buy it? You don't need it. So I'm probably not the best person for that question. But AI-wise, I'm on ChatGPT daily. I haven't paid for it yet. I think for Mavens, has bought a couple of little tools. I couldn't tell you the names of them. I've played with a couple, but I've sometimes found it's just easier to do the work myself. I think one is to do the alt descriptions on images for websites. It sounds really yes. cool because that's a really tedious job, right? I just wrote that. It's epic. Yeah, I didn't find it. By the time I input the details, I may as well just input the details in WordPress, in the media. Which one were you using though? Was it the one on AppSumo or there's another one? It was on AppSumo. Okay. So I, I actually love it. Interesting. I Maybe I need you to teach me how to use it. And I thought this is more time consuming than it is for me to just go and do the work. And I think it's because I've been doing it for so long. I can just jump in and, and type it out. Whereas I'm basically feeling like I'm typing it out into this tool for it to spit out in a different way. Like, Did you do the bulk generator? No. Okay. Yeah, that might be why. You literally go in and you can send it to replace your title, caption, description, and alt text. Mm -hmm. And then you can just click bulk generate and it does it for all of them. And then you can also, there's a little field that allows you to put the business keyword or something. I always quite like to do that to put my client business name in the alt text of the photos as well. But it does it in a natural way as well. It's not weird. It incorporates yeah. it. So you have oh, to shoot well, me a, a loom so yeah. let's see how you've done it. I, I am very much set in my ways with my tools. That it is sometimes easier just to use the tool set that I have. And this is where Emma and I balance each other out really well in our businesses. She's always looking at the newest and the greatest. And she'd be like, oh, my God, I love this. And I'm like, do we need it? That's and amazing. I'll be like, okay, we'll trial it for a month or two. Because also with AppSumo, you've got 60-day returns. They have a great like, refund. Yeah. Let's try it. And if we don't use it or it's not doing what we expect to do, we can get rid of it. So she's my lookout. This is great. This will do everything. Yeah. And you'll let the rain it in. And it, it's honestly advice I give. Mavens all the time. You don't need the fanciest tools. Everyone for a while was all about Dubsado. It's so expensive and it does it's all these so amazing expensive. things. It's so, it, don't get me wrong, it's incredible. It is so time consuming to set up. Yeah. And a lot of people, essentially, you have to outsource to set it You're up. You're not making the most of it. Yeah. Yeah. I had it for a while and I used so little of it. It just wasn't worth it for me. And then the time I would need to import it to use more. I'm a web designer. I can do all of these things on my website. Why am I building out forms in a yeah. tool and a language that I don't know when I could just use the tools I already have? Like it just, yeah. So I think shiny tool syndrome is, yeah, something I'm right. a little bit <laughs> I'd try and encourage people to really think about, do you need this? Is it going to make yeah. your life easier? Is it going to make it better? Are you going to earn more money? Yeah. I guess that's my little bit of a warning. No, I love that answer. Yeah. I think yeah. that's good, especially when you're starting out. There's mm. so much to buy. In my first year, I spent quite a lot on software and I don't regret it now because I have a lot of lifetime deals that I have. Like I had a consultation with a client yesterday. It's like a $25,000 project. And I'm yeah, I'm going to build it with Jet Engine, Crocker Block, and it means you don't have to pay for it every month. It'll be included in your price. So in some ways, it can help you book projects. And when you choose a tool well, that's like an industry leader and it does good things and it is going to serve you and your clients in the long term, 
that's totally fine. But there is so much shit on AppSumo as well. <laughs> I'm saying this, but I was an early adopter of Divi and I bought it on a yeah. lifetime deal when they first came out. Like it was version one. And I don't think so that saved like, you so much time. I, yeah. I can't even imagine what I paid. I'm pretty sure it was well into yeah. $200 just back in the day. And it was a bit of a gamble because no one knew what it was. And even those mm. first couple of years, everyone was like, this is crap. It's bloated. Yeah. And I, I left it and moved to Beaver Builder because it was a little bit more developer friendly. And I ended up coming back because by the time they'd sorted all that stuff out, yeah. it's amazing. They've so, made lots of improvements. Yeah. But yeah, to be stoked. The amount of money I've saved on that by having that over the years is definitely so the right tools. The right tools. Yes. Yeah. I have a few that I use all the time, like when I have Berrycast, which is basically like Loom, but it's the same. And I use it multiple times a week and it was like $49. And every time I use it, I'm like, yes, don't have a monthly subscription. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a bit of a balance. Is there anything that you've done or that you currently do to influence your money story? Because we've done that. I'd love to know more about that from you. Yeah, I think not trading time for money. Projects are great, but essentially it is trading time for money plus profit. Anything you can do that's recurring. So anything that you can do that's going to give you a consistency or cover the bills is great. Hosting, website maintenance. Now I've moved into a membership, those sorts of things. They're the game changers. They are honestly the things that will keep things going earlier this year even still a little bit now the economy is struggling and people aren't as easy to spend their money it's a little bit harder you've got to work a lot harder to woo those clients but by having the clients on maintenance and on hosting there's still money moving cash flow is still happening so that's really important and I encourage anyone who's starting out to implement it from the get-go I always count myself really lucky because Emma who is my business partner in WP Mavens was my unofficial mentor from the get-go. So she was already doing maintenance. She's like, don't forget to put, include maintenance. She's like, oh, you can sell hosting. So if they're the things I can encourage others to do, it's a game changer. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think people have this idea about hosting being hard and technical and all of these things, but it's actually completely the opposite because when you get to know your hosting platform, you can very easily fix issues. And it takes no time at all. If you use a tool like WP Manage, it's just a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. From the start, do it well. You'll thank yourself and you're down the track. Thank you so much for joining me. I've totally loved this call. Can you please let everyone know where to find you and where to look up what you do and how to connect with you? Yeah, so obviously I've talked about WP Mavens. So you can find us online at wpmavens.co. And for my own personal courses is Hayley Brown, H-A-L-E-Y, always have to spell that, .co. And we've got We Wizardry, which is launching hopefully in the next month or two. So we're going to do it. Yeah, cool. And we hadn't touched on this, but you just recently did the Women of Web Summit. Will there be another one of those coming up? Yes. We're trying to work out the next date now. Yeah, cool. Um, It's a bit of a fine line. Everyone's a bit summited out. Uh, now so we don't want to like overwhelm and host too many i think max two a year we've decided is our limit so probably in the next six months leaning yeah 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 because you had a really great turnout for the last one and some great speakers and i really learned a lot from it so i know it's yeah being called for (laughs) the engagement was off the chart 
So obviously Emma is also involved in the Designer Boss Summit, which is a bit more like mixed graphic and web design. With this one, we went real niche. So we didn't have as many ticket holders, but the ones that we had, they were so engaged and I'm so excited. We met so many new people that we hadn't met before. We had a few new mavens join from that summit and they have just hit the ground running. Like to kick that off with a summit and all the training, they were just thirsty for more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's really nice. That's so rewarding as well. That's such a nice place to be in as well. I'm not just doing the work for the client, but helping other people. It's just such a beautiful place to be. So awesome. Thank you so much. And yeah, I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Yes. Thanks for having me, Nikki. If you love what I do here, let's connect. I tend to hang out on Instagram and you can find me at Seedling Digital and at Woman Wealth WordPress. You can head to womanwealthwordpress.com forward slash freebie to download my free Embrace Your Dream Life workbook. This guide is over 10 pages of actionable information and worksheets designed to help you build a profitable and fulfilling business in three steps. Get clear on your why, improve your money mindset and hone in on your messaging. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave me a rating and a review. It truly means the world to me and I read every message and kind word. Till next time, aim big. Aim big.